Hi, welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast. <laughs> I am your host and master of ceremony, Tanner Richard Kraft, and with me I have... I am Tim M. Sullivan. Rain Conversi. And I'm Joseph Vranek. And if you couldn't tell by, uh, whatever the hell that was, uh, Alexa, make the lights in the living room white. Today, we are talking about the latest comic book movie sensation, The Batman. Before we even talk about the film overall, I have a secret question, but it's a very simple yes or no question. So, Tim, we'll start with you. Have you had the Batsa? No. Rain, have you had the Batsa? I almost did. Joe, have you had the Batsa? I literally found out about it yesterday when we saw the movie, Tanner. Tanner, have you had the Batsa? No, actually, I haven't had the Batsa, but thank you for asking, though. None of us have had the Batsa. Order the Batsa now only at a Little Caesars restaurant where participations may vary while supplies last. In that case, I think talking about Batman as a movie is a bit of an interesting question because of how many iterations we've had of this character, dating back from the movie serials to the 40s, to the Burden films, to the Schumacher takes, you have the Adam West ones in there, to the most recent Nolan and Snyder takes. This is what, the ninth or 10th different iteration of Batman just in live action alone, let alone things like Mask of the Phantasm, Return of the Joker, and Under the Red Hood. So I just want to know more specifically, guys, what kind of expectations did you have specifically going into this movie? Joe, I'm going to start with you. I want you to start off with the message you want to tell everyone and then give into what expectations you had. I, w- I want to give like some full transparency because I know there's people on social media, which I am not on, who've not heard for me in a hot minute. I am not fully back. I probably should have put up a trigger warning before I even list, like, raised my hand, because that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm not fully back yet. I plan on coming back. I'm only back for this one for therapeutic reasons. Uh, My therapist wanted me to do this, um, and I'll kind of get into certain aspects of what I've been going through. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is anyone who's friends with me on Facebook, hi, I'm still alive. I'm doing okay-ish. I had a cat pass away somewhat, not not my cat, a cat I used to own. He passed away somewhat recently. Uh, rest in peace, Charlie. But outside of that, I'm fine. I don't know when I'm coming back, but I plan on it at some point. So I've had a very interesting experience as far as like expectations going into this. And it's also something that kind of ties into my very complicated history with Batman as a character, like as a whole. Because on the one hand, like Batman was like this figure of turning pain into something good and inspiration. There were points in my life where I needed a hero to look up to in my life to help me like get through some really dark times in my life. And Batman was one of them. I've been a fan of his for a very long time. And uh, when I saw that first trailer that dropped in like 2020 at that fandom. Yeah, the fandom. That's what it was called. Of course, I was excited to see this thing. And I was pissed that the panorama kept delaying its production to a point where they had Vin Diesel come onto the set one day with a beer and handed it to Robert Pattinson and said, you can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. But yes, I was excited to see this thing. But then everything kind of changed when the heartbreak attacked. Batman has also kind of been this image that brings out a lot of painful memories and has been significantly 
like kind of a negative figure in my life. I mean, I could go on a tirade about aspects of that character that are terrible. Things that are just like not things to look up to as far as like Bruce Wayne, because like that character is kind of problematic when you like really dig deep into certain aspects. But the real kicker for it is I have like two really bad connections with Batman. So Batman was something that my father and I were super into and my father was very abusive towards me, psychologically mainly, but there were times where it was more verbal. There was a time, a couple of times even, where it was physical. Sometimes, like, all that abuse would, like, no joke, be over shit opinions he had on Batman, and he would get very aggressive about it if I disagreed with him. And that's something I've kind of lightened on since, but it'll creep back every so often. More recently, though, it's been attached to a really difficult heartbreak that I went through. It's the same one I mentioned on the Eternals podcast. I won't get into any details about it, but this person and I be really connected over Batman, and it's something that's kind of difficult to even think about after all that's happened. So with all that in mind, my therapist wanted me to start taking like steps to get into a better place mentally, and they figured maybe facing this head on would help. So I guess going in, my expectations were, I just hope it's a solid movie, if nothing else. I wasn't expecting to go in and it would like magically cure my depression and make me a Batman super fan again um, and mend this broken heart that I've been trying to fix. But I couldn't go in expecting a miserable time either and for it to only bring me pain. It had to be done and I just hoped for something decent at the very least and hoped that maybe a positive emotion would elicit from it. Tiny baby steps to getting better. And I'm going to unleash a very controversial Batman opinion here. If anything, I at least hope that it would be better than Batman 89 because Tim Burton is a fucking hack. Yes, man. Filmmaker who sucks. And you are blinded by Michael Keaton so much who took like a nothing role and gave it so much more substance than Burton ever could because he sucks at substance. Fuck Tim Burton. Back to you, Tanner. And let the record show that Joe Vranick is incorrect and he is not allowed to talk about Tim Burton on here anymore. Tim. Back to you. What is back to you? Back streets. Back Tim Sullivan. So uh, according to the Hawkeye podcast, I am the Marvel cynic of the group. <laughs> like I, I don't hate all Marvel stuff. To be clear, like I I really enjoy the Fox X Men stuff. Logan is probably one of my all time favorite superhero movies. Season three Daredevil is really good, and uh, the Punisher is uh, a, a solid, pretty cool out of ten. I beat you. I think I've just kind of grown a little tired of the formula. I don't get as jazzed about it anymore. So anyway, back to the DC. DC, DC stuff. I see has what had you did there. Sort yeah, I did that for you, buddy. D- DC's had sort of an interesting cinematic history in which. Uh, That's one way of putting it. Pre-DCEU, there was some pretty solid movies, uh, some some not good ones. With the DCEU thing going on right now, it's like you have sort of this dichotomy where some of these movies are connected to this bigger cinematic universe, then some of them are standalone things. And it's not uh, in the same way as like Venom or Morbius, where it's just Sony trying to make any movie they can with the little properties that they have. Knock, knock, with the Venom in. Batman movies have historically been more interesting as standalone stuff to me, I think. And so with that in mind, I thought that uh, this could be potentially pretty cool. The trailers made it look really cool. So I was 
hyped to see what we get out of this one. I know, I know some people personally were like upset that it was not going to be an R-rated Batman movie. It doesn't need to be. I'd be fine with an R-rated Batman movie. It'd be cool. But pretty much every great Batman movie has been either PG or PG-13. The animated R-rated Batman movies are usually not great. And the only uh, R-rated live action Batman movie uh, is shit. So yeah, that's basically my thoughts going in. Could be cool. Looks like it could be cool. Back to you, Tanner. All right, Rank Conversity, I want you to explain why do you hate DC? Why do you hate Batman? And why do you think Marvel is God's gift to mankind? Wait, no, you were supposed to ask yourself that, Tanner. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> God, um, I'm interrogating you, not the other way around! Let me start by saying I, I kind of agree with Joe. I wouldn't call Tim Burton shit. Like, I do, there's some of his movies I really adore, but I don't think anyone can argue he's he trying like, style over substance, but... Edward Scissorhands, good. Edward Scissorhands, amazing. I love the Burton Batman movies, but I love his Burton movies, not really his Batman movies. So, coming in, it's like, oh, I really like Matt Reeves as a director. He's pretty solid, especially with his blockbuster stuff. Those Planet of the Apes movies they're very good uh it's very weird how they have like no pop culture relevance you know we all agree that we like them everyone sees them they do very well financially because the oscars fucked up and never gave them even one vfx award most of my hype came from that and then a lot i was kind of worried otherwise though because it looked like such a naked like zodiac 7 wannabe that just was kind of pathetic almost and also when they kept going about oh it's a detective movie. it's a detective movie like with the way they were going about it like yeah me like everyone else i really would like the idea of a detective movie that sounds great but it's like they were talking so much about that it's felt like a, a hollow like marketing thing more than like a genuine winter word. soldier is a political thriller exactly Black just Widow like is that. a spy thriller so like i knew i'd like it but but like oh, i had a lot of worries coming in all right uh, my time to shine hello so despite the fact that i come off as a marvel fanboy that's just because in the past mm, 10 or so years marvel has consistently had a much better track record in movies than dc has let's be real however that is only in live action movies when it comes to animated films television shows cartoons the comics other book media adaptations, video games even. When it comes to that side of the coin, I actually prefer DC every step of the way. Same. I find their comic books to be more interesting. I find their animated stuff to exist, unlike with Marvel, because Marvel are cowards and won't make cartoons. People who say that Marvel has better animation just because of Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse is an amazing movie, but name one other Marvel animated movie. New Avengers, <laughs> Heroes of Tomorrow. Alright, that's one, I guess. Anyway, uh, I'm actually more on Rain's side of the token at first i was incredibly excited matt reeves is one of my favorite blockbuster directors i love dawn of the planet of the apes but i have the controversial take of loving war of the planet of the apes even more i love that movie i think every part of it is beautiful that ending never fails to make me cry it's like an allegory for the darkness of war of the horrors of war while dawn for the planet of the apes was a much more bombastic yeah monkey fight human war for the planet of the apes was a war movie in the sense that war is hell and when I saw that first teaser that came from DC Fandom, I was very excited. I loved the aesthetic of it. I loved everything. And then the last two trailers came out. The second to last trailer started with this thing of the Riddler at a diner. And it has this shot where it pans over this foam art question mark. And I hated it. Joe, I thought you were smoking crack at the time. <laughs> and you want to stop praising it. I genuinely, I'm not kidding. I thought you were on drugs. 
because at the time I was like, oh, hey, this looks like something out of the comics. It looks like a comic panel. What works in a comic book doesn't necessarily work in a live action movie. Not arguing with you. That's just my take. Watch Uh, the Suicide Squad to prove Tanner wrong. And then the last trailer came out with the Catwoman. Don't worry, baby. I got nine of them. So I was only cautiously optimistic. I thought aesthetically it looked beautiful on a technical level. It was going to be amazing. I thought Robert Pattinson had a lot of potential to be an amazing Batman. So I most certainly had reasons to be excited, but only cautiously so. I will say as we got closer to the movie, I think my excitement for it started to ramp up. All right, guys. Before we go into a brief commercial break, uh, Joe Vrenick has decided to pull an internals on us and is refusing to tell us what he thinks about the movie until the recording of this podcast. So uh, I want to see if anyone has a guess as to what he feels about it. Rain, do you have a guess? I assume he likes it. Tim, do you have a guess? I bet he thinks it's a movie. You know, that's true. (laughs) My take is that I think he likes it. I think he's going to find the themes and general character arcs very resonant with him. When I saw it Wednesday night, I saw it first out of all of us. I knew for right off the bat that Joe was going to love this. All right, Joe, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it, Joe. Okay, so I've not told Tanner what I thought of the movie. I pulled an Eternals on him. So let me take you on my journey driving home after I got Tanner back to his apartment because I'm going to build up to it much like Tanner did on Eternals cast. So it's very difficult to be sad around Tanner because Tanner is such a big ball of positive energy that you can't help but laugh and smile when he's when you're like around him. If I were to describe Tanner as something, Tanner would be the ending of that X-Files episode, postmodern Prometheus. You just can't help but smile at it. Joe, you're going to make me cry. You are making me cry. Oh, my God. Dang. Put the counter up. We, we got it. Yo, thank Tanner, you. That means so Tanner, much to me. We got a Tanner cry where Tanner didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that is so nice. Thank you. That means so much to me. But by the oh. time I got him back home, it slowly faded into a neutral state so that I could actually think back to the movie and how it made me feel on the whole as I drove back to my place. And after maybe a solid hour and a half of thought, I knew how I felt and I needed to let it out and just really feel it. So I went into my room, laid down on my back, put some headphones on. And as I looked up at the ceiling, I had Fiona Apple's cover of Across the Universe play. And maybe about halfway through the song, the feeling sank in and I just kind of curled up into a ball and started to cry because I'm going to level with you guys. I think Batman's dead to me and I don't know if he's ever come back. It doesn't help that I've just had a shit, a ton of shit happen in my life over like the last couple of years. Most recently having to say goodbye to a cat. I was once the partial owner of like due to cancer and he was put down a good 24 hours before I saw the movie. But I tried my hardest like not to let that factor into my opinion because it doesn't really factor in at all. But it doesn't exactly help either. I just couldn't get into this one, guys, because I just think that love and passion that I once had for Batman's just gone, which is kind of a shame because when I look at it through like the lens of someone who used to make movies and went to film school, there is a lot to love in here. In fact, I have nothing but positive things to say as far as like all of that goes. It's a good looking movie with incredible sound. Tara and I went to the AMC in Edwardsville and saw it in like the Dolby Atmos Theater. The Batmobile sequence with rumbling the seats. Oh, Acting across the board was great. Rob Pattinson proved everybody wrong. He's 
arguably the best Batman. If I had to pick a favorite, though, I'm going with Paul Dano as the Riddler. They took that character and did something that I always said that they should do with him if they wanted to make him a more grounded character. And that was essentially just make him Jigsaw. Dano does a very terrific job in that role, and he makes the character terrifying. When I first saw the rat trap, it reminded me of the iconography of the bear trap. Michael Giacchino does good on the score and makes an arguably better Batman theme than Danny Elfman, who gets a pass for life for being an Oingo Boingo, but those comments he made about his Batman theme made me lose some respect for him. And it's probably because he's been hanging around Tim Burton for too long, that pretentious hack. Out of like the four movies I saw that were released this year, it's actually good. I didn't exactly enjoy it as much as Scream, and it's not better than The Fallout. However, it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre either, where it loses all goodwill within like the last 15 seconds. Oh, I hate it so much, those um, last 15 but, seconds. But as far as like making me feel the Batman love, I'm just afraid that that magic is gone, unfortunately. So it's not really the movie's fault. I would not blame the movie because I think maybe giving it time will help and I'll come around to loving it along with the character of Batman again. Time usually helps with these things, but having given this a fair and honest chance, it's probably going to get like a three and a half stars on letterbox for me still good i felt nothing but sadness for not being able to get into it like i used to with like the character of batman and it clearly shows that i i've still got some healing to do so back to you tanner i really thought i had it pegged god damn it i'm upset this couldn't help you heal you but i'm also god damn it i thought i had you nailed Ryan, what did you think of the movie? Apparently, you have a lot to say. I will say this is probably my favorite Batman movie. And when I say that, it's not my favorite movie with Batman. Because I like Batman 66. I think I personally enjoy Batman Returns and Batman 66 more. I acknowledge it's a better movie. And also, I think The Dark Knight is a better movie than this. But this is a better movie about Batman than The Dark Knight is. Dark Knight, better at being a movie. I'm I'm making sense. I'm not crazy, man. We've had a lot of Batman movies that aren't as like aren't good Batman movies is what you're getting at. Yes, exactly. Um, What do you think of the 40s serials, though, Rain? Tanner. So (laughs) this is the best. I think this is the best movie to like explore Batman that isn't Mask of the Phantasm. Honestly, that we've had so far. I had a good time with it. It uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. It looks amazing. It really makes you like go like, why? Why do the Marvel movies look so bad? Like, why are they like so bland? Eternals looks good. Fuck you. You know, in general. You know what I mean? Why is the Hawkeye purple goo that bad? Yeah, it looks amazing. It's um a perfect like blend between like high and like heightened comic booky grit, but also like real world slummy grit. If that makes sense, the character work and the um and the thematics are also what really made me um care for it as much as I did. I thought I this is my. Favorite performance of Batman. I uh, I really like this take of Batman. I know I totally I do kind of would prefer us to get away from just like the the gloomy, grim and gritty Batman. I kind of like it when they lean into like how silly and whimsical Batman is with like, you know, so like something more brave in the boldy. Give us a Navy bat animated series, animated series. Something like that. I knew that's the ideal. That's uh, something I would prefer just for to be different. But if we're going to do Grim and Gritty, I think this is does a very good job with it. And then also doesn't fall into the trap of even though it is Grim and Gritty, there it is very much about Batman, like not just being this vengeful spirit, how him growing into like a more optimistic, positive figure. That's something I do really enjoy. Because it really addresses the obvi- the question everyone asks about Batman, like, how is he being helpful when he's a billionaire? How is, like, him just beating up bank robbers? How is that helping anyone? It explores it as well as like, a giant blockbuster really realistically can. 
obviously a, a, a big Warner Brothers movie isn't going to have Batman say a cab or something, you know? It came pretty damn close, though. <laughs> yeah. Close. If this wasn't a blockbuster, I would be more harsh on it on that standard by that metric. But with what they're working with, I think they do a commendable job. Um, I mean, compared to the Dark Knight Rises, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the cop army? Yeah. If, <laughs> also, the cops in those movies are incompetent anyway. How the hell did the entire police force get stuck in a sewer in the first place? That's true. Also, one more thing about that, the visuals. I do. I love this movie. It's just so goth. Like, this is the gothest movie I've seen since The Crow. Like, even Batman's like the Bruce Wayne Manor. Like, even that looks like Eye it. shadow. Yeah, eyeshadow. It's fantastic. I love it. Narratively, I like it when he, he's all fun and whimsical. Stylistically, I, I love I love it when he's a goth guy. So you're saying you want Adam West Batman in The Dark Knight Rises, and that would be the perfect Batman movie, correct? Oh, you're not wrong. I've done that it. That would actually be cracked, pretty incredible. I've anyway, the baby open with anyway, that one. to the negatives. I need to see it again before I can say this conclusively, but the plot, it might just be a bit too convoluted for like its own sake, where it's not, where it's just being convoluted for the sake of being convoluted, not really for a greater goal. And then also Riddler, it's not a critique. I think he works fine for the story. But like if I'm taking off my film analysis hat and putting on my comic fan hat, it is really weird that they chose a character whose like entire thing is like he's a very self-centered character. He isn't really concerned with like wire society, societal Make issues or politics. Man of the people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like his whole motivation being about like societal injustice. It's very odd. Like I'm fine with like radical departures for the sake of making a strong adaptation. But it's just odd, you know, I don't think that's his motivation. I think you're giving him too much credit. He's a very selfish person. He's doing it for personal glory. Yeah, he says it's for the betterment of society and to expose the truth. He's just a fucking incel 4chan or basement dweller. That's mm. what his character is. It's purely selfish. With the iconography of like what they use for him, I do think he does come off that way. There's kind of a clash because like he does seem like a character who is like who does genuinely believe his ideals when it comes like in, in all of his speeches about issues. I think it's like a guy that believes in feminist ideals, but then still treats women like pieces of meat, which those I people exist. We know those people. That's an apt comparison, I think. Either way, it is an odd choice for a man who man who riddles. Yes, the man who riddles. All right. I'll Local man there. riddles a little too hard. That's also, the summary but- of this movie. Local man riddles too hard. Tim, 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 my boy, Tim, my boy, as you were one of the art directors of this movie, what do you, <laughs> I don't know where these come from. It's always you. I always say you're related to someone or worked on the movie. I don't know why. Tim, what do you think of the movie? <laughs> I am omnipresent. I am everyone and everywhere. That is true. Uh, you are Dr. Manhattan. So yeah, uh, this, this is a movie I've been looking forward to for a while. And uh, I think initially I had planned to like probably see it uh, opening night. But as of recently, I am in a relationship with someone who really fucking likes Batman. So this had to be a date night thing. We had a double date scheduled for Sunday of opening weekend. So I had to wait all weekend and I've been really waiting to see this movie. But today I saw it. My, my thoughts are uh, a, a lot, a lot on the same train of thoughts as Rain is like, I still think I like The Dark Knight better than this movie as a movie. I think this is the best Batman movie, though. In live action. Yeah, live action. I think this does the best job of like adapting the character out of all the live action Batman movies thus far. It makes the characters in the world feel the most like what they feel like in like the Bruce Tim Paul Dini 
universe, which is what I grew up with and what I have come to love and adore. That helped me really enjoy this movie a lot. It is on that sort of like dark and gritty kind of take, but it also does have a lot of humor. Like, I'm just going to bring up the funniest moment in the whole movie, which is the the squirrels. But he fucking goes into the flying squirrel suit and just eats shit. It's so good. It's uh, incredible. I'm partial to the penguin being tied up and being forced to waddle like a penguin. That, that, oh, yeah. that one was good too. The, the, good top, the twins. The twins. There's there's some there's some good jokes in there. Do you guys think that was Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the twins? Because I I interpreted it as that. I think there's room for them to do that. It's like the Venom thing where it's like, oh, maybe it's Venom, or maybe it's just adrenaline. It's whatever you guys want yeah. it to be. Tonally, there was like a good balance of it being dark and having some humor stuff, and I think that that was a breath of fresh air because like it's also uh, that it wasn't quippy humor. <laughs> I think that was a good breath of fresh air, though, because like in 2016, Batman v Superman comes out and I see what they do following the Dark Knight trilogy, which is Snyder going, oh, those movies were good because they were dark. I'm just going to make this as edgy as possible and I'm going to make Batman an unlikable character. And that was a mistake. I'm going to release a weird interview where I talk about how Batman could be gang raped in prison or something. Yeah, the whole like Batman with guns and branding people. I hated that. And I was I was like afraid that every Batman adaptation after this was just going to get more and more of that type of thing. But like this really towed the line. Well, where like it's a dark movie, but the character feels like what he's supposed to feel like. He feels like the Batman that I've come to know and love. And I, I also I do want to like give a shout out to uh, the Riddler because one of the things I really liked about the way they did it in this movie was they did the thing that they used to do in movies that I don't think they really do as much anymore. Where like the twist reveal isn't that. The Riddler is Edward Nigma. The the twist reveal is that the Riddler's fucking Paul Dano. Like the, the, the reveal it's a guy, is the actor it's a dude. It turns around and it's like, oh my god, it's some guy. I do like that, just kind of like classic Hollywood energy of like, hey, look, big name. And I also just like the way that he portrayed the character. Like he's a fucking accountant incel nerd, and I think that that's just a great depiction of the Riddler overall. Yeah, I guess just gonna sum up. Uh, movie was very good. I think it could have maybe been trimmed down to like two and a half, two forty-five, but it was still good. I, I would watch it again. I will watch it again. All right. So, uh, unsurprisingly, because I am Mister Positivity, as Joe was talking about, I'm Mister Positive. I'm Mister Optimistic. I'm Mister Loves Movies a Lot. You're the postmodern I, Prometheus. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I, it's I referenced it earlier. Go back and rewatch the podcast when we're over. You think I know what an X Files is? You think I know what a JPEG is? Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? I just want a picture of a goddamn hot dog. Um, I loved this movie. Oh my God. It is my favorite movie of the year so far. Jackass Forever has been dethroned. I apologize. Of course, I gave the Batman five stars. 
you see how Tim talked about it. You see about how Rain talked about it. If they like it that much, you know I'm giving it a five-star banger. Unless it's a weird movie that everyone loves that I don't like, it follows. I'm, I'm always Mr. Positive. I think like a lot of us have been saying, I think the most interesting thing here is the Riddler. And I, I kind of like to point out the fact that I, the Riddler, Paul Dano's Riddler, I think is our best Batman villain since... Heath Ledger's Joker, not to diss on uh, Bane, you know, not to diss on Tom Hardy's Bane. That was good. Not to diss on. That's it. Lex Luthor. He's a Superman villain. That was a Superman. That was a Batman. It was not a Riddler, Riddler, good villain, good villain. villain. I think it's interesting, much like how Heath Ledger's Joker in this sort of like in terms of cultural response, Heath Ledger's Joker is sort of this byproduct of of post 9-11 American fear of the unknown, this invisible enemy that could come from anywhere. Joker is such a byproduct of that. Paul Dano's Riddler. And I think it's funny because I've called him the Redditor instead of the Riddler several times by accident. But each time I've done that, it hasn't actually felt like I did something wrong. The Riddler is a byproduct of this post-2015 Trumpism, internet, far-right, Gamergate, isolation bullshit. This sort of incel, 4chan slash poll board type of radicalization we have in this country now. The Riddler feels like such a direct cultural response to that and it feels like such a byproduct of that. I mean, especially with the way that he's using the internet. Hey guys, it's me. By the way, that video of him being like, hey yeah. guys, thanks for being such great support. I thought that was funny. I was, yeah. I, when Joe saw it with me, I was laughing in the theater, but I also think I was the only one laughing. I don't care. I found that was funny. I think I was the only one who chuckled at that, but it was good. It's just to me like, Hey guys, in like the different voice too. I also love the shot of the Riddler where he like is like ha- holding the phone near his presumably dick up at his face. It's such a funny angle. I just love Paul Dano's Riddler. It's an iconic villain. I've heard some people say they like him more than Heath Ledger's Joker. I'm not going to go that far, but I most certainly understand why someone would feel that way. It feels like such a villain of the modern age. Like Heath Ledger was then. That's what Riddler is now. Like Rain was saying, this is my favorite Batman aside from Kevin Conroy, because of course nobody is ever Mm going to be a better Batman than Kevin Conroy. But in terms of live action depictions, I love Robert Pattinson in the row. My favorite live action Batman previously was Michael Keaton because here's the thing Michael Keaton understands this and Robert Pattinson understands this when Bruce Wayne is out of the Batman costume when he's being Bruce Wayne and he's not Batman he's a fucking weirdo he's a weird antisocial guy he doesn't know how to talk to people he's charming still he's still handsome but he's a weirdo he stares at people in public for no reason he just spies on selena kyle getting into her underwear and he doesn't even see anything wrong with that because of how antisocial he's been over the past 20 years since his parents died i love the um inspection of the sort of rich privilege like you guys have been saying how it explores like why doesn't batman actually do help it acknowledges these things sort of thing and i always thought that take was dumb to begin with but it most certainly explores an aspect of them in this movie the action scenes are all great obviously it's shot gorgeously on a technical level just brilliant i love the red lighting i love the the use of the nirvana song at the beginning and end of the movies to bookend it i love that the movie starts with him monologuing but more than anything i love batman's character arc in this movie at the beginning of the movie he doesn't care about bruce wayne he doesn't really care about doing like fighting crime he cares about one thing vengeance he cares about vengeance so when at the end when the writ when that riddler guy who was the guy at the funeral takes off his mask and he says i'm vengeance and he goes like oh shit it's such a powerful moment to me 
and as he realizes he needs to be not a symbol of fear, not a avenger of vengeance, but a symbol of hope. That shot of him with the flare leading all those people away from the wreckage into safety from the ground up and him just being this literal light in the dark. God fucking damn it. It's been a while since we've had two in a row. When he learns that he needs to be hope, a literal beacon of light amongst the darkness. I find that to be very moving. I always love it. And I think if I were to critique the MCU movies for one thing, it's that they don't really do this anymore. It shows Batman beyond just beating up bad guys, saving people. It just at the end, it explicitly shows him saving people. And I find that really, really touching. But they set up that kid and it pays off in the end because he has to save him. Yeah, beyond that, I just love the movie in general. There's a bunch of little moments I love, like when Carmine Falcone dies and he looks into Batman's eyes and he kind of has this look of realization because he's been talking about how he would recognize Bruce's eyes from anywhere. So I like to think that means Falcone recognized Batman as Bruce just before he died. Kind of poetic there. I think making Catwoman Falcone's daughter is an interesting thing. Have the comics ever done yeah, that? Yeah, no, Joe? it's in the comics. Babyface Joker sucks. Give us old man Joker. Oh, or just but no can Joker. I say that it's really weird? <laughs> that Joker's scene was so poorly placed can we all agree on yeah. that yes yeah. what was that i <laughs> am those those not good i um, am just now starting to get not sick of batman being everywhere but i'm still i still need a ton of time before i'm ready for more joker media in the car ride my girlfriend and her roommate were basically just like we need like an embargo just like maybe yes. like 30 years no joker yeah <laughs> well i will say i'm actually excited for this joker after what i've heard which is that there is a deleted scene from the movie where when batman's trying to figure out this Riddler case, he goes to Arkham specifically to talk the Joker. Like Joker is his Hannibal Lecter. To me, the idea of a Joker that's just more of a side character instead of a main villain that's already has a pre-established okay. history with Batman, that could be interesting. I that could, could be new and unique. I could dig that. We almost got that with Jared Leto's Joker, but it eventually uh, it amounted to Batman. You ever jerk yourself off? So, you know. You ever jerk yourself with the devil under the pale moonlight? <laughs> yeah, that's basically how that went. We live in a society. I can't believe that wasn't in the movie. I feel ripped off. Anyway, who's ready for the return of... Bum, 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 tanners, bum, 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 trivia, bum, 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 corner. That sounded kind of cool. Tanners, trivia, corner, everyone's favorite. Gather round, gather round, because I got some shit about this movie. Uh, as we've all noticed since the first trailer, this is the first version of Batman in live action to address that he wears black eye makeup under the cowl. Yeah. If you notice in every other movie, like you can literally see it in Batman Returns. Yeah. Because right before, as he's ripping the mask off, you can see the white around his eyes. Kurt Cobain is not just featured in this movie's soundtrack. Direct writer, director Matt Reeves was literally listening to that Nirvana song as he was writing the first act. So much so that he went back and, and watched Gus Van Sant's Lost Days and that interpretation of Kurt Cobain very specifically inspired this Bruce Wayne. And you know what? I, I see it. Robert Pattinson revealed that while he was screen testing for the role, he sneakily took a selfie in the bat suit as a memento in case it didn't work out. Another fun fact, Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson received the same advice from predecessors of their respective roles. Zoe Kravitz got advice from Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert Pattinson received advice from a Christian Bale. It was the same piece of advice. He was like, figure out a way where you can have a way you can go to the bathroom. <laughs> Make sure uh, whilst designing the costume, they consider how you're going to go to the bathroom. Okay. 
I didn't notice this my first time watching it, but I noticed it on my second viewing. In Wayne Manor, there is a pedestal with a William Shakespeare bust on top. Which I did is in notice fact, that. You noticed it too, which is a reference to the original Batman 1960 series where a similar Shakespeare bust was used as the device that opened the opening to the Batcave, which I think is cool. Colin Farrell has told people when he that when he got the prosthetic makeup on for the first time, he would go to Starbucks to try it out. Nobody recognized him, but he did get a lot of stares. That's awesome. I wouldn't have fucking known if I didn't like find out the night before. I did not know that that was him. That is some incredibly impressive prosthetic makeup. Speaking of, Colin Farrell has stated that when his son saw him as in the Penguin costume outfit for the first time, he was, quote, utterly horrified. He has it on his iPhone. Maybe, maybe we'll see that footage. When Robert Pattinson auditioned for Batman, he actually used Val Kilmer's original bat suit from Batman Forever because it's the only one that fit him. However, Pattinson's head didn't fit into Kilmer's cowl. The only one that did was George Clooney's. If you notice, Catwoman <laughs> has very long fingernails that don't have like any nail polish on them. That was Zoe Kravitz's idea to, quote, make her look more like a cat with claws. That scene in the beginning where he's like, I'm vengeance. And he goes like gives an extra two punches towards the villain. The guy that looks like Doug Walker. That was Pattinson's idea. He improvised that. And then the I'm vengeance, which obviously means he had the idea. He pitched it to Reeves and Reeves went ahead with it. But I also want to imagine that he just punched the guy two times for real. And then all the rest of the crew was like, oh, my God, what? (laughs) Jonah Hill was approached to play a character in this movie, specifically the penguin. That just feels insulting. Yeah. Uh, apparently, though, they disagreed because of disagreements on the character, so he didn't sign on. Michael Giacchino wrote the Batman theme song while Reeves was still writing the script. That's Let cool. alone before it went into production, he was still writing the script. This is in Colin Farrell's first time in the Batman universe. When Wolfgang Peterson was making a proposed Batman versus Superman movie, Colin Farrell was his choice to play Batman with Jude Law playing Superman. The, the studio's second choice for Batman, if Robert Pattinson didn't work out, was Nicholas Holt, better known as the Beast from the X-Men movies. This is the first solo Batman movie to be shot on digital. Every other solo Batman movie apparently has at least in part been shot on film. Matt Reeves and Tim Burton are the only filmmakers to have have directed films in both the Batman franchise and the Apes franchise. What a weird cultural osmosis that is. (laughs) And he sucked at both of them, that Burton. Shut up. The news reporter that the Riddler Ralph references when talking about Thomas Wayne Pang shooting off that reporter has the last name Elliot. In the movie, it's Edward Elliot, but in the comics, there's a character named Thomas Elliot who becomes the killer known as Hush. Because his father wasn't saved by Thomas Wayne. The movie even has the word hush over a picture of Elliot when talking about the hush money he refused from Thomas Wayne. Is this hinting Hmm. that his son will be in a future movie as hush? Who knows? And finally, this is my favorite piece of trivia. Zoe Kravitz is actually reprising the role of Catwoman. She first played her in 2017's The Lego Batman Movie. (laughs) Hell yeah. That's fun. All right, boys. Well, we've already uh, about to go over, so let's just get right into it. Final thoughts on the movie. Let's rip her up and get her going. Tim, you go first. Oh my God! Yeah! He did it! He did it! He did it! 
and Rain. What did you think of what final thoughts on the movie and why uh why who beat you up so you couldn't be on camera? Uh me me did not having time to shower is why I uh is how I got beat up. This Batman 100% 1 million percent definitely his favorite movie is Drive. Like that is for a fact. He's one of those guys who just really loves the movie you Drive and makes it his whole personality. His first Batman costume was just a ski mask with the drive jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Joe Vrenick, make a quick final thoughts. All right. I wanted to love this movie. I really did. I hate being the stick in the mud, but that's just where I'm at on an emotional level. I'm glad I saw it while it was in theaters, so I won't live to regret missing it. But I guess to put it into familiar terms, why am I not so hot on the Batman? It's because I have to fight my pain. He didn't do anything wrong. It's because he's the hero that I deserve, but not the one I need right now. So I'll feel lukewarm on the movie because he can take it because he's not a hero. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. Back to you, Tanner. Superman Returns, yeah. Man, I, it, Joe, I know you're a huge Brian Singer fan, but you don't got to go referencing his movies. All <laughs> <with Lincoln. laughs> I hate you, Tanner. <laughs> I hope we just cut away to the random guy technical difficulties when I start saying, Brian Movie, movie, very good. It's my favorite movie of the year so far. It's a huge blast. It's making all the money in the box office, so you don't need to, you don't fucking need me to tell you to go see it. You already know if you're going to see it. So go see it and love it like I do. But you know what else I love, guys? I love guys. Someone has to say what? What, Tanner? You! I'm Batman. Thank you very much for watching us listening to this podcast. If you are listening on any of the audio platforms we're on, thank you all so very much for listening. <laughs> well, he at least heard himself in some capacity this podcast, so. Uh, thank you for listening. Leave a review. It boosts us in the algorithm. If you're watching on Spotify video, thank you also very much for watching. We're uncensored. Hi, we cursed a lot today. I don't know why we just did. Because fuck Batman. Fuck Batman. I'm Batman. Fuck Batman. And if you are watching on Spotify video, how about you go down and go to our Patreon since you're watching on the one platform I can't figure out how to monetize yet. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you all so very much for watching. Go ahead, go on down to the comment section below and let us know. What do you think of Batman as a character? What do you think of the previous Batman movies? What's your favorite Batman movie? What do you think of Batman 2022? And finally, have you had the Batsa? Where are the other Batsas going? I'm not wearing Batsa pads. Tanner, I swear to God. And while you're down there, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and hit the bell icon so you know exactly when we're uploading new videos. Tune in next week for a very special episode of the Bomb Squad podcast where we talk about the Bomb Squad. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Where we talk about the Bomb Squad awards. Tune in next week. Bye. I'll see you guys sometime in the future. Goodbye.